Hello, I'm Ashley. Yoo-hoo, I'm Francesca. And, and we, we are Hashtag Blessed AF. We started Hashtag Blessed AF as a way for us to share our conversations with you as we vent and self-reflect together while also providing some love laughs and possibly tears during the challenging times we're currently living in, aka COVID. Enjoy the episode. Hello. Hello. What are we? Episode what? Uh, seven. Eight. <laughs> Wait, eight. Oh. I think this is episode eight. Fuck. Hang on. Yoo-hoo. Welcome back to episode seven. seven. We have here Tom Berkowitz, my husband, <laughs> joining us once again to discuss the end of lockdown. And how we feel coming out of lockdown. lockdown. <laughs> Tama joined us for episode two when we were in the midst of lockdown. lockdown. <laughs> Number six. <laughs> and so now we have him here. Tama, say hello to our people. Hello, lovely audience. <laughs> <laughs> you need to speak up. I think it needs to hear you. Oh, is this better? Yeah, like maybe sit closer. I'll to- sit closer. This is very exciting um, because... Because lockdown has ended. We are in the same room. And so we are literally all sitting together. In the lounge room. In the lounge room. And it's actually amazing. Yep. I came and I ate food. Lovely. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's like not something that I've been able to no, do for a very long time. No, it was literally weird seeing Ashley sitting on my couch talking to me whilst I warmed up our dinner. I was like, I was so high though. I was so happy. <laughs> I was so happy. Anyway. Happy high. Um, so... Yeah, how was that? How, how, so let's talk. <laughs> Let us. Let us. Where have the questions gone, babe? I, I. Oh, they're, uh, they're, there. Yeah. She doesn't know how to work my computer. No, it's a bloody Apple Mac, Mac Apple. So, guys, <laughs> how do you feel about the end of lockdown? What are your raw and real emotions? How do you feel? Uh, I feel exhausted, but happy exhausted. Yeah. Like, I feel like my emotions are so... I'm, like, overstimulated. I'm like a child that's had too much sugar. (laughs) That's a good way of putting it. (laughs) Like, all the social interactions is my sugar, and I'm just like, wow! But I'm, like, coming down from that now. (laughs) Because I'm just... Yeah, it's so tired. Well, I know for Tomer and I, we had like the busiest weekend. It was, you know, a dinner on Friday night. Saturday was moving. Giselle and Charlie sadly have moved out of our lovely home. So we helped them on Saturday move. And then on the Sunday, it was Charlie's 30th. So we had like a gathering. I was there. Ashley was there at the new place. Um, so I have friends. <laughs> yes, Ashley does have friends. Let's establish that. oh boy um yeah so it was a it was a hectic weekend but i don't think i've ever felt so human when i woke up on monday i was like Mm. i am human again (laughs) what about you love um i just don't think it feels real yeah (laughs) because i'm still working from home um so i think it feels a bit like i'm walking on a bit of a dream Mm. um but i think i was even though the government made the announcements i just for some reason, it kind of felt like it wasn't going to happen. Even though it was definitely going to happen. Yeah. It was still like, yeah, but is it really going to happen? And yeah. then it happened and I was like, yeah, cool. Yeah, I think my Daniel felt that way as well when I galloped around the house so excited <laughs> at the announcement that lockdown was ending. And he was just like, but will it? I was just like, shut up. <laughs> Let me gallop. Home. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it is a little bit surreal still. It's kind of sad that normal life feels surreal. I, I'm hoping that holiday time is just going to feel amazing mm-hmm. when everyone, well, hopefully most people can take a break and be like, oh, I don't actually have to do anything, but I will now have the freedom to do what I want. Mm. Like Francesca and I have a trip planned interstate at the very, very start of next year for about five days. So mm. I think that maybe, you know, Getting out of Victoria is going to make things feel really real. Yeah. Realer. Realer. Realist. Realist. 
What are like the top three things that you guys want to do now that lockdown's over? Not work from home. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's really fair. Go back to sport. Yep. Um, and travel regionally. That's kind of a really like your easy top three. three. Yeah. yeah. Um, my number one will probably be meet my best friend's baby, who is Aww. like somewhere between three and four months old now. That I haven't met yet. Um, shout out to Steph and Remy <laughs> and Charlotte and Parker and Marty. He helped make the baby. Um, um, yeah, no, I really miss all of those guys and I'm pretty sad that I haven't been able to meet the bub yet. Um, so I'm very excited to be able to do that because they're in regional. So still have to wait till this Friday to be able to do that. Um... I don't know what else I'm excited to do. What, you're in our house? I'm in your house. That's pretty exciting. <laughs> um, yeah, when we were like, okay, so we'll go home and we'll record this podcast tonight. And I'm like, or I could just come to your house and we could all do it in the same room. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. Who'd have thunk it? Um, yeah, no, definitely being able to go to people's houses and visit people will be exciting. Yeah. Um, third thing, I guess just being able to do stuff with the kids. Mm. Mm-hmm. That doesn't that, you involve know, the Browsing screen. in the shops and stuff. Exactly. Going yeah. to our, our weekend brunches again and, you know, just, yeah, doing stuff, going places. Even if it's like a freaking play center and having a coffee that tastes like butthole, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's not your first experience out of lockdown. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think for me, um, it's definitely going to see my mum, which I can this Friday. I'm very excited about that. Uh, catching up with friends, as many friends as I possibly can. Especially me. Especially because I never see you. Mm. Um, and thirdly, I think I just want to go on a road trip. Like... I know what your third one is. What's my third one? Going to brunch. Going to brunch. And Tom, I booked in a brunch date on Sunday at 11.30. <laughs> oh, my God. Ah, I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, God, you're freaking me out. I, I'm so excited for brunch on Sunday. I We're going to Piatella. And um, it's a place called Piatella, and it's is down it, on King's Way. Is it like an Italian cafe mm, or something? I think it is. I mean, I... Actually, they do a mix of everything, name, don't they? Yeah, their menu looks like, we do things. Oh, good. Yeah, These things are good. Some of them are Italian, I think. <laughs> they also do kebabs. Very good ones, yeah. Yeah, they do. Very yeah, good they, ones. um... Well, that's not Italian. Well, when we were in lockdown, because they, they had an outdoor... Because, you know, for COVID, lots of restaurants have kind of got um car park seating now. So they've kind of like... Yeah. The, the car parks mm. have been turned... Or the side street car parks have been turned into seating. So because they couldn't actually seat anyone, they just set up a massive barbecue and then just did all their cooking outside. Oh, so people smart. would just walk by and stop and be like, I'll have a kebab. Which is what we did. I didn't eat a kebab. But I was like, I want a kebab. I can smell the kebab. I'm going to have a kebab. <laughs> that was a really good kebab, so. That's good. Yeah. So anyway, I'm really excited for brunch. Like, I'm so, so excited. Cute. And I'm like, so it's really sad that Giselle and Charlie have moved out of the apartment because we all loved living together. But it's just, it's too small, this place anyway. But now, we're redecorating. And now I can go to a furniture store and I can look at things. I can sit on a couch and try it, you know, before I buy it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> instead of just looking online going, ooh, that looks nice. But, but I mean, is it comfortable? Yes, exactly. It's really important. Um, so I'm really excited to redecorate. And, you know, we've got, a, we've got a second bedroom to fill now. Yeah. Currently it has a vacuum cleaner. It's, there's a vacuum cleaner. And a couple cleaner. of clothes horses. Yeah. It's a yeah. great place to dry my clothes. Yeah, it's good stuff, good stuff. Anyway, it's so funny how excited we are about, well, clearly I'm slightly more high than everyone else, <laughs> but like the, the things that are so normal to do in your regular life when it's, you know, when COVID didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And now I'm excited to go couch shopping and, and do a, a Sunday brunch. What the frick? I wonder if it means, I don't, look, I don't think so. We, people are very good at just like getting used to things, but I wonder if it'll give people a new lens through which they look at their brunches and their regional travel and their visits to you friends' Stop houses. taking things for granted. Yeah. I was just thinking that and I was just like, nah, I reckon they will for like a month. Yeah. <laughs> and then Up until like, Christmas and then next year we'll be like, okay, yeah, well, this is... Yeah. Well, it just was. becomes the norm again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I definitely noticed that I'm far more grateful for things these days. Mm-hmm. So anything good that happens in my life, I'm like, I just, 
I really savor that moment mm. and I feel it um, and get emotional. But yeah. So you're going to cry. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Tom was crying before because he was cutting onions. In... Yeah, blame the onions. It's a bit emotional, aren't you? I just hate cutting onions. <laughs> <laughs> They're so cute and innocent. <laughs> Why? Um, you know what's weird though what? about onions? What? If you kind of reversed it, they'd be called offy offs. <laughs> what? <laughs> offy offs. Onions. Onions. Offy offs. Off. <laughs> okay, that was really bad, Tomma. I think you like that one. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's kind of endearing, but it's also <laughs> it's bad. Cute. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. cute, but bad. Yeah. Um. Oh, something I was interested in, which is a question that I had for you, Ashley. Yes. Um, is when your kids found out that we were coming out of lockdown, what were their reactions? Amber squealed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, possibly burst my eardrum. Why um, did she squeal? What, 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 do you know what went through her head? Like, what was she thinking? I don't freaking know. It was the loudest little high-pitched squeal. I'd do it for you now, but for those of you who have, like, headphones yes. in your ears, <laughs> I might deafen you um i'll see if i can get a video of her doing it unless then you can turn the volume down preemptively <laughs> um she so yeah she was very excited i don't know what aspect of it she was excited about i don't know how much of lockdown she has understood other mm. than the fact that it meant that we couldn't see people or really go places um but i think her kinder's done a pretty good job with like explaining what you know, what coronavirus is and mm. why we're in the situation that we're in and what we need to do to get out the other side. Um, so, yeah, I think she was very excited. I think she's very excited to just see people mm-hmm. that we haven't seen in a long time, like cousins and friends. Jackson is just so excited to go to the shops. <laughs> <laughs> just like you. He is like, he's... He's me. a mini he you. He is me. Yeah. Um, he's excited to go to the shops and just like just walk around and get sushi in the food court and um like go to jb hi-fi and eb games and stuff like that (laughs) um but also you know seeing friends and things like that he's quite excited actually to go and see some of his old school friends from his Mm, last school yeah um he's been missing them quite a bit i think it's been particularly hard because he only just started forming friendships and things like that at his new school only for it to then be like okay lockdown and it's just like oh yeah but um yeah anyway so yeah yeah they're both definitely very excited yeah cute oh it's nice yeah yeah um we also recorded um when we first found out that lockdown was ending we recorded our initial reaction yeah. Before the busy weekend and before we started to get a bit of a sense of what it would be feel like to return to normality. Mm. So we'll just insert this here. Beep. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Du, 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 du. We're getting out of lockdown here. Baby cakes. That's right. Du, 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 du. Midnight tomorrow, Thursday the 21st. Yes. <laughs> I am pretty brilliant. Oh my god! So, um, news and a half. News of the freaking decade. I don't know if it's a decade. It's something. But we're getting out of lockdown. From tomorrow, eleven fifty-nine p.m. So excited. So excited. I am ready for all the things. Friends, shops, parties, brunch, brunch, dinner, like dinner dates, at actual restaurants, not Uber Eats at home. House dinners, like. Going over to someone else's house and having a dinner. Actually being able to record our podcasts in the same room at the same time in someone's house. Yes. Oh my. Oh my God. God. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) So we just wanted to make a very quick little potty there just to express our excitement. Wow. We're on fire. So in sync. Oh my God. Seriously. Oh my God. 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 Uh, anyway, we are so excited. Tell us what you guys get up to over the weekend. Yeah. We'd love to know. Your first weekend out of lockdown. Give us all the feels. Yep. What'd you do? Who'd you see? Why'd you do it? 
Either. I just remember us being excited and Very excited. singing. We were singing. I remember we were singing. Oh my, my god, god. Oh my god. god. Yeah, yeah. Something yeah, like right. that. Yeah. We probably should have listened to it before we. Yeah, we probably should have refreshed um, our. Should we listen to it right now? Can you record whilst listening? Like at the same time? Can't you just pause the recording? Oh, I just, you know. Disrupt the flow, Toma. Oh my god, do you understand anything about podcasts? No. <laughs> oh, what the heck? Look how long it is. <laughs> um, okay, this is just weird. How about we just. Anyway, you've heard the recording. Excellent. Um, something though that I felt even last week when we first found out that we're coming out of lockdown was that yes, there was lots of excitement and you know, super happy about it and all that, but I also felt incredibly overwhelmed. Stop laughing at my thumb. I'm just She's... wondering why you've got my hair tie on. Oh, your is that thumb? your hair tie? <laughs> I just wanted to play with the hair tie. Can Take, I play? Yeah, you can play with it. Um, yeah, like super overwhelmed uh, and like nervous, nervous about mm. what it would feel like, to, like uh, returning to some sort of form, like returning to some form of normality. Uh, <laughs> Clearly, you're never going to find that normality. No, no. Oh, today? Today? Oh, no. I forgot what origami, how to say origami. I was talking to our Japanese teacher and I kept calling it origano. And then it turned into origami. I was really struggling to find the word. Yeah, really. Anyway, that's like... quite entertaining to watch. It was. It's like your samomos. My samomos. Yes, samomos. Are they? Momomos. 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 Jason, Momomo. Yes, girlfriend. <laughs> Jason, is that you? No, 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 What was I gonna say? I don't know. I was saying that I felt incredibly overwhelmed, as well as excited and all that. Yeah, but just because like things did slow down when we were in lockdown, and and they slowed down way <laughs> too much. But I'm a bit nervous about how those things. Like this weekend was already a taste of what it's going to be like. You know, I think I have to manage that better. So that's Probably not every day. go out three nights a week. I had to, though. It was the first weekend out of lockdown. I had, no, to, do I it. I had to do it all. Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, you can spread it out. And it's just... Accept me. <laughs> <laughs> I accept you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not much of a go-a-routerer, but I got my eyebrows done. That was pretty freaking exciting. Um, they look great. Thank you. <laughs> For once I can say I didn't do them myself. Um, and I... Yeah, on Sunday we went up to Giselle and Charlie's. By we, I mean I. <laughs> met you there. <laughs> which was lots of fun. Um, it was chill, which was nice. But, like, fun chill. <laughs> yeah, it's fun chill. <laughs> okay! Tama, how about you? Yeah. <laughs> Say some things. <laughs> Save us. You're both beyond saving. I'm really worried that you're too far away from the computer and that we're not going to hear your voice. I'm just worried. <laughs> okay, that was Ashley with a tissue across her face. I did no such thing. You did do such a thing. Anyway, Tama, how do you feel, my love? About. Yeah, do you feel overwhelmed? Um, I am made so many plans already. Like I have plans <laughs> this past weekend, this coming weekend, the weekend after, and the weekend after. You and are potentially the weekend after that. You're such an extrovert. extrovert. Yeah, <laughs> such an extrovert. Message so many people. I was like, "Do you want to do something? Do you want to do something? Do you want to do something?" And they were like, "Shut up." Yeah, most of them were like, "No," <laughs> but <laughs> some of them said yes. <laughs> oh, that's good. No, it is good to see people and friends and. People. I'm actually really loving all the students being back at school. Mm, yeah. It's so nice. Well, it feels like a school again. Yeah. <laughs> just not an like online an, school. Yeah, an office space. But like it also just like makes you remember why you love working there. Yeah. Mm. Like, yeah. The relationships with the students and stuff like that. It's just the sound of children chattering in the hallways. Yes. Or whatever. 
it's lovely. It's lovely. <laughs> I just ordered 28 air purifiers for the school. <laughs> the air purifier is actually so cool though. So we had some arrive recently for the exams um, and you can control them from your phone. Oh, like there's yeah. an app. And, um, what, but they off? Yeah, on no, and off, off and change the speeds, yeah. set like on and off times and stuff like that. Jesus. Yeah. It's, it's really yeah, clever. It's literally called smart home. Oh. <laughs> I kind of want one. It tells you how much gas there is in a room. It's, just, it's a little bit awkward. And how much air pollution. Right. And well, you would need one where you are, obviously. Excuse me. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. 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 Maybe in our bedroom. Oh, that sounds weird. Anyway cut that out <laughs> nope <laughs> um but yeah i kind of want one because it's just it's hilarious mm. it's hilarious yeah it's hilarious like, so it's funny, not not, funny the, not the health benefits it's just hilarious to have in the house we were like so ashley and i set them up <laughs> sorry i got a tissue thrown at my face um by ashley so ashley and i set up the air purifiers in the room that the exams were going to be held the exams were being held in and so we set them all up and then ashley's just like mm. Look at the look at the machine that started to go red, and it was saying that the gas was going up, and so the room was a bit gassy. And we had Ashley's kids in the room as well, and we we're just like, okay, who's been farting? Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, so funny, it's pretty entertaining. We all know it was Francesca. She was I, just trying to shift the blame onto my kids. No, I don't. I've, I've never farted in my life. I don't even know what the sensation feels like. <laughs> Don't give me that look. You're saying that's why they say you're full of hot air because you never release any. See, I don't know if the computer can hear you. It's probably for the best. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. Thank it better you. be fine. Um, yeah, so, well, I guess that's how we're feeling about all this lockdown stuff. I've got a bit of a controversial question. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Let's talk about vaccinations about you and I and three. Oh, fuck. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> that, was just, that was just terrible. I don't know what that was. It was fine. And then I don't know what happened uh, today. No, I was, I was trying fine? to... It was, it, 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 it was not worse. fine. Mm. It was not fine. I was trying to include you because like I was looking at Ashley and singing to Ashley and then I was like, I'm clearly excluding you. So then I was trying to include you into the song as the three. That's when I said you and I and three. And then I was like, stop. Sorry. Vaccinations. What are our thoughts on vaccinations? Or rather, okay, let's start easy. What, how did we feel? Uh, what were our reactions after the second dose? You know how the second dose is usually I get... laid on the floor so I wouldn't faint. Yeah, you did well. You did much <laughs> and better. And I didn't. Yeah. Woo! Um, I, I was okay, actually. It was. It, I think the first dose hit me more than the second dose in the end. I was definitely out the next day and I did not drive. <laughs> I did not crash my car this time and I had headaches this time. Yeah, I had the headaches. Yeah, my arm was sore as well. But my other than that... Much. It was okay. And then you, bloody you, <laughs> Toma, the Mr. Immune. Exactly. Your immune system is like crazy bonkers. I think maybe I had a reaction two weeks later, but there's no way to know if that was the vaccine. I was like a little tired on Monday. Had a bit of a headache. <laughs> oh, poor possum. Or maybe <laughs> you just did too much on the weekend. <laughs> no, it wasn't that weekend. It was, oh. it was still a lockdown weekend. Oh. Yeah, we got uh, out. I have no explanation then. Second dose is a while back now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Now that we've touched on the topic of vaccinations, what are our thoughts on people Vaccin- getting vaccinated? Mm. And I know I don't know if we want to delve into the topic of man dating vaccines or if we want to kind of stick clear of that one a little bit. Well, it's funny. It's I think it's now. interesting the fact it. that you said that it's a controversial topic because it is but it really shouldn't be yeah ah but that's an opinion sure (laughs) elaborate (laughs) i mean vaccines uh i mean i i've told a few people this that i think one of the things that i've found like i think like anti-vax is very frustrating Mm. and you know the logic behind it is flawed and it doesn't really make any sense to me but i think one of the things that I have appreciated about the fact that there is that movement 
is that it means that their people have made very easy to understand resources to mm. engage with people and make them less fearful mm. of the vaccine. And so, you know, I was already, you know, on board. I was never in doubt that I was yeah. going to get one and that I didn't doubt the vaccine itself. But it's, it's nice to receive information that's really, really broken down and made really accessible not really to cater for me, but I'm a beneficiary of it. So that's yeah. the one small upside in that I'm now more well-versed in the impacts of vaccination um, positively and the relatively small negative impacts that they have. Um, you know, think about the history of vaccines. I looked up very, very briefly the history of vaccines and it's shocking how effective they have been since we started to really treat I guess smallpox is mm -hmm. the one that's often used as a reference. Um, but yeah, from then, just how amazing they've been and eradicating diseases in children. Um, yeah, fantastic. Like everyone needs to get vaccinated, um, you know, unless you have a medical reason not to in that case. And I would encourage anyone who is hesitant to speak to your GP. Yep. We think they're, they're them and medical professionals are the one you want to listen to, really. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree with that. I think it's been really frustrating um, just with everything around the vaccinations because of all the misinformation mm. that there is out there and how easy it is to access that mm. sort of information as well through social media. Um, and if you're not actually looking at credible sources, um, yeah, you're misinformed about a lot of stuff and then that builds fear and then that spreads like rumors it's like mm. like um yeah rumors um <laughs> sorry rumors yeah, rumors um <laughs> adele oh yeah um yeah and so then and people seem to listen to each other rather than actually going out and researching that that stuff for themselves so you just start to build this culture around something that's actually completely misinformed oh it's funny because anti-vaxxers are definitely the minority mm. um, and yet somehow they seem to be the loudest mm. when it comes to the stuff you see on social media about vaccines and stuff like that yeah um, i was chatting to my dad about that today and i was saying you know just in the, in the last let's say three to six months you there's can hear people and you know how angry they are about vaccines etc um but then when you look at it at least in victoria i think we have a 90 percent first dose rate mm. so that's let fewer than 10 percent of people really yeah. who, which is an amazing effort yeah who not are not getting vaccinated and of those 10 percent a lot of them probably aren't because they can't yeah um yeah so that's very telling i think mm. it's interesting though because it's not it's not really people who are anti-vax it's people who are anti-covid vax yeah like uh, like a lot Sometimes, of people yeah. yeah at least at least within yeah the people that I know, it's not the it's, people aren't anti-vax. I know a couple who are anti-vaccine. They they and they haven't been vaccinated for numerous different diseases. Yeah. So I feel like I'm less angry with those people because it's like that's a lifestyle choice that you've made, mm. and you've had that like that choice like forever. That's always yeah. been your thing, even though like I disagree. Yeah. But. It's people. more like poor science instead of a conspiracy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, whereas people who are anti-COVID vaccine particularly, I'm just like, come on. You were literally putting people's lives at risk. I mean, so are the anti-vaxxers. Mm. But when COVID is so present mm. every day, everywhere you go, like just... Mm. Anyway. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Controversial. Yeah, yeah well... It, it, it's actually, I've, I've really struggled with this topic and knowing where I sit with, you know, mandating vaccines and if I, if I agree with that or if I don't agree with that, because um, it, it is such a, it's, it's a really grey, there's a grey line there mm. between, well, it's my body, my choice, but then also the risk that those people are putting, not, not just to themselves, but onto other people, mm. um, onto our hospital system. It's like, it's such a hard um, I find it a really hard topic to, like, for me to fully say is I am mm. pro this or I am I am pro that. Yeah, I think you touched on two key points. One of them is the idea that we vaccinate 
a lot of the time we don't vaccinate for ourselves, we vaccinate for the people who can't. Mm. Um, because you want to protect people who can't be vaccinated. If you're immunocompromised, COVID is terrible for you and yeah. your outcomes are bad. And so, you know, I, I would probably be fine as a relatively healthy 31 year old. I'm like, yeah, I'll, the stats say that I'll be fine. But if I pass, if I wasn't vaccinated and I passed that on to someone who, um, yeah, was very, very susceptible to it, that's, that's a horrible thing to happen. Yeah. And I think the other point is hospitalization. You know, we yeah. have hospitals that ideally we use to care for the people who are very sick with things which are very difficult to treat, which we don't at the moment have solutions for, and to dedicate so many of those resources to people who potentially could have avoided the circumstances they put themselves in is frustrating. Yeah. It's a frustrating outcome mm. for everyone who ends up being involved. And I think um, you hear the stories of the people, of the healthcare workers who have to treat people with um, COVID. And, you know, they talk about people who are, you know, they're really bad and they're deteriorating and they say, you know, I want the vaccine now. Too late. And then you just kind of go, that's really sad. Like, it, and I think... I mean, I don't think that's a COVID thing. I think that's human nature that a lot of the time we just shrug things off until we're a victim or all of a sudden staring us in the face and we go, oh, I, I want to take the preventative measures now. And it's like, well, you know, now you have a concussion because you didn't wear a helmet while you were riding your bike. <laughs> Not going to do anything if you put it on now. Yeah, it's like you could put the helmet on, but it actually might make things worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. I mean, it's, it's also something that we've um, touched on before. Sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, something that we've touched on before is how it's very human nature to look at just yourself and the people around you and not understand or be able to comprehend the statistics around. Mm. Um, that, it, yeah, the humans are bad at stats. Yeah. And Intrinsically. That, yeah. It, yeah. And so that's also part of the problem is that we just solely rely on our own, either our own personal experiences or the experience of others that are we know of mm. and don't actually then look at the evidence of this and, and, and apply that to our own lives. Yeah. Well, anecdotal evidence is very powerful. Humans love storytelling. That's how we carried our culture on from the beginning, you know, until we, you know, learnt writing and everything. We're, we're storytellers by nature. Um, and so if everyone around you is fine and has been minimally impacted by this, you can see why your overwhelming urge is to be like, how bad can it possibly be? Mm. If it was as bad as everyone was saying, I would have known at least two people who would have had it. But in... If, if of the people I know who are, you know, one degree of separation from me, I don't think there's anyone. One person I know overseas who got it. But in Australia, I don't think I know anyone who got yeah. it. Yeah. I, oh. I know my, my, my cousin mm. had it recently. Um, I believe he is fully recovered now. Mm. Um, he had only had one vaccination at the time. Uh, thank God, because, you know, could have been much worse if oh, he boy. had none of them. But, you know, he's also a young, fit lad. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, yeah, he's the first person I've known that's had it. Yeah. In terms of, yeah, first degree of separation. I, don't, I think I'm the same. I don't really know anyone. So, you know, it could be very easy to be like, yeah, no, it's not that, it's not mm. that big a deal. Mm. I've, I don't know anyone who's got it or the people that I have heard that have had it, have recovered and they're fine and, yeah. you know, yeah. but they're not actually looking at the evidence and, and mm. the statistics. The bigger picture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, we live in our own vacuums. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's interesting what you said. I mean, if you take it back to the idea of a vaccine mandate, mm-hmm. I think, look, there are a couple of things. I think there's one, and I think they're intertwined, but I think they're still two distinct things. One is the idea that no one likes being told you can or can't do this. Like, again, that's a human nature thing. Everyone wants to live as freely and on their own terms as possible. Yeah. And so when someone's saying to you, okay, you're not going to be able to do this thing unless you do this thing I'm demanding of you. Um, for me, a vaccine, I'm like, well, this is for my benefit anyway. So mm. I don't know why I wouldn't do it. But, you know, if you're hesitant, I can see how that would make you potentially more defensive. Um, and even if you got it, you would feel very, very... Um, spiteful of the fact that you were forced to get it not on your own terms yeah I was about to say that I think I can't remember who it was somebody at work 
this week was saying that they knew somebody or a couple of people who hadn't gotten the vaccination, not because they're anti-vax or anti-COVID, but it was just out of spite. Like they just didn't mm. want to be told mm. what to do. Yeah. And yeah. 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 Well, I, I think the other thing is that, which again is, is, it's different, but I think can you tie to it is that I think people are wary of government. Um, and I think it's important to have a healthy skepticism towards government and just to keep them accountable. I think that's very important. That's why we have the systems institutions we have in Australia. But it's so um, much more than that. It's science. Yeah, it's and I, th- I think politics. that's the thing. But I, I guess in terms of the mandate, I think um, people are like, well, where do they stop? You know, if they're going to demand that I have to be double vaccinated to go to the cinema... Where does their power end? Where does their reach end? But you know what? What's the difference between that and, you know, children not being able to go to kindergarten unless they've had all their vaccinations? Mm. It's interesting. This is something I talked about with a couple of people earlier in the pandemic, the idea that, and it's, I guess we do it rightly, but the notion that we treat our children very, very, very preciously. Like our children are the most important thing to us as you know, as parents, as families, as a community, as a society, we have to protect our children. Mm. And I wonder if there's an element of, you know, we most people understand that children can be very vulnerable to things and it's important to get them vaccinated because they have, you know, they do the thing that they need to do. And again, you have conscientious objectors and people who don't believe that that's the, and you know, that you're actually poisoning your child. For the most part, I think people accept that. And then... I guess the reason I'm saying that is because when we start to think about it in terms of adults, it's like, I think you start to care less about taking care of adults. Mm. You understand that you need to take care of children because they can't take care of themselves. Mm. But when you, it's like, well, you're 25 now. Uh, Why should I be responsible for your health? Um, And why should the community be responsible for your health? But we're protecting the kids as well though. True, but they're very, very not impacted by COVID. Comparatively. Comparatively, so, if yes. If you think about it, especially compared to other childhood diseases. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and but I, in terms yeah. of like COVID, since the Delta variant came out, there's been a huge increase in yeah. children ending, yeah. up, ending up with it, not necessarily hospitalized, but... I mean, they um, can still pass it on. Mm. Well, yeah. And that's that that part of the, yeah. the issue. And like the fact that the, the cancer ward at the children's hospital had an outbreak. Yeah. It's terrifying. Like... Yeah, very vulnerable there is children. almost no person whose immune system would be lower than a child going through chemo yeah. for cancer. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. it's just, yeah, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, this is probably moving away from what we were talking about, but um, it's interesting. And again, this is something I spoke with it's in the same vein. Um, the idea that people who are older are expendable. And can you imagine if mm. this disease was actually most deadly for children? Like everyone would lock themselves in their house for a year if it yeah. meant you would eradicate uh, the it disease would, and it keep would it look like very differently. If, if children had the same rate of death as people, you know, eighty and over, people would be like, shut everything down. No yeah. one move anywhere. You know, there's a twenty thousand dollar fine if we catch you in your front yard. Like we would do everything in our power. But I guess you know our mentality is a community becomes like, well, these people are 90, 80, even 70 and 60, I think people kind of go, well, you know, they've had a good dash. They're, they're worth less to us now as a community. Um, and so we put less effort into protecting them. Yeah. That's, it's, a, it's, it's a really uncomfortable thought. Yeah. Uh, I think you're right, though. Um, but it's an uncomfortable yeah. feeling around that. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I mean, I, I can't imagine if, I think if you, again, reversed it so that children were most susceptible, you would not have people protesting a lockdown because you would look like a monster. Yeah. If you were like, e- everyone should do what they want and if the children die, the children die. Oh, God. Like, <laughs> yeah, God, like people, even, even just saying that, like <laughs> yeah. you've already That's what like... I mean. And like, yeah. if we had, like, as we do now, but if it, you were looking at hospitals and mm-hmm. 85% of the children in hospital weren't vaccinated you can be damn sure that almost all parents would be getting their child vaccinated. Mm. Um, but it's very much the idea of, yeah, I guess how we view each other and our worth and our vulnerability. Yeah, that is such an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't. I mean, I get it as well. Like I understand it from a very, you know, parental instinct level. Again, it's like protect the children. The children are vulnerable, and so I understand why the response is not the same for the adult and older population. But it is still a hard pill to swallow that we would consider the lives of others expendable. Yeah. 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 That's super. That's a super uncomfortable feeling. Interesting though, because. I mean, not everybody, but a lot of people love children. And you're right, everyone would go out of their way to do almost anything to save kids and help kids and make sure they're safe. But it's interesting, though, because with older people, if it's your family, then you seem to care. Mm -hmm. But as soon as it goes beyond that, it's just like, meh. Yeah. But with kids, I'm like, anybody's kids. I'm like, no, you must be safe. Be safe. You're a child. Yeah. Um, but that same logic doesn't apply to old people at all. It's just, yeah, no. that's my mum, that's my dad, that's my grandparents. And yeah. I will make, like, others, you know, I don't care about other people's old people. And, and they, in a sense, a lot of the time, they need more care than our children. Yeah. Mm. A lot of the time, people can be very indisposed at that age. And they need a lot of love and support. Um, but just by the very nature of how humans, the human life cycle is, you know, we're kind of like, well, they were going to die, you know, in air quotes soon anyway. So the loss is not as big. Um, yeah, we, and, and I think there's, I think there's really an element of truth to that in the sense it's like, well, you know, children, yes, children, a five-year-old is going to hopefully have another 80 or 90 years mm. and an 80 year old is not going to live another 80 years. Um, but it's yeah an in- interesting discrepancy between yeah, how we view it in definitely. our head, and yeah. I I don't think that the I would never say that the the feeling that people have is wrong. It's just something to consider when you mm. think about what are the sacrifices people are willing to make. Mm. Like I won't like I'm not talking on behalf of myself, but I'm saying you know someone might say I won't stay in my home for two months to protect the elderly. But that same person may very well say, I will stay in my home to protect the five to 10 year olds. Yeah. Yeah. There's placing value on yeah. age groups. But it's interesting because like with, the el- with elderly people as well, you know, they've, they've also contributed so much to our economy um, and in many other ways as well. And, and so they almost deserve that respect and mm. acknowledgement and protection. Mm. And it it's, yeah, it's really hard. I mean, yeah, I yeah. don't. Yeah. That, that's how I feel. That's how I personally feel about it. So I, I mean, I, I, I understand someone feeling the other way in mm. terms of if it was the opposite and that our children were at risk. But I think I feel, I don't know. It's just making me so uncomfortable. <laughs> just it's awful. Like yeah, it's... It, it, it because it is placing value on mm. on on. People's lives. People's lives. And, and it's, um, yeah, but I think, yeah, they also deserve that protection. And yeah. I mean, and I understand the logic behind it in that it's like, well, they're not going to be living another 50 years, but they've also contributed so much to mm. our world and our society. And, and don't they then also, mm. isn't part of that reward that we, we look out for them? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think... Um, there are pockets of society which do look at it in terms of like, do we continue to cripple our economy to keep more of our elderly alive? Mm. Um, I personally don't think it's one or the other. I think that the more people who die and the bigger the strain on the health system, then our economy takes a hit anyway. And I I think we've seen that in other countries. I haven't looked at this in depth. My understanding is that countries who didn't have a stricter lockdown were hit much harder economically than in Australia Mm. where we've actually bounced back comparatively well. Mm. Um, And it's been really brutal for a lot of people. But overall, I think it's actually the outcomes we have now are better than they would have been otherwise if we just kind of shrugged our shoulders and said, "Eh, we'll see what happens. Mm. Yeah, that's that's really interesting about how the economy has come back. Um, Yeah. I mean, that, I think that's how the debate was framed sort of in the first half of last yes, year. It was exactly. lives or livelihoods. Yeah, that's exactly um, what it was. And uh, yeah. I guess I never really thought about it that way. I was like, I just don't think that it's one or the other. I think it's one or both. <laughs> mm. 
Um, it's like, well, lively, like not necessarily livelihoods will go, but the economy will take a hit. Um, and that will affect people one way or the other. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a really interesting, really interesting topic. I do really feel for the people who have, like, lost businesses and, mm. um, you know, yeah. lost homes and things like that. Like, I actually, and I agree, and I actually think that even though I don't think the federal government did nearly enough, at the onset of the pandemic and I think they've continued to do not enough and I think the states have done a much better job but I actually think that we could have done even more and taken sort of a bigger hit you know in terms of debt and kept as many people afloat as possible to a reasonable extent I mean again I don't know the ins and outs of banks and how they operate mortgages but I think it's so interesting that um you know, so obviously a lot of people had like um, mortgage free, mortgage freezes on the repayments because, you know, they lost their job or they were temporarily, they couldn't work. Um, and, the and you know, kind of under the direction of government, the banks are like, okay, we won't, don't pay your mortgage for six months, whatever it is. But I find it so interesting that that money then they have to pay immediately when they can start earning again, which is very difficult when you've already been in difficult circumstances. Instead of doing something like, okay, this six months that you owe us, we'll chuck it at the end of your lease. That would make sense. Yeah, and I and I mean, one of those things where I'm like, sure, we did a lot, but were, did we do enough? Could mm. we have done more? And I mean, that's a question you can ask about anything most of the time. And I'm not an economics expert and I don't really understand the ins and outs of it. So I may be completely naive as to the reality of it but it seems like we could have done more um cutting payments to people who lost their job or who continue to be waiting to go back to work i mean i understand that it was a huge um dip into the government's coffers but it's also it's really strange to stand there and say you know yes our people are hurting as if you couldn't have done anything more when there probably were more things available to you I think it's such an interesting, yeah, approach to say, oh, how sad. Mm. And then to turn around and be like, and I wash my hands for this. Yeah. Do, do you feel that some of that's a bit of hindsight now that knowing where we are at the moment financially as well, with the economy and all that, do you think, do you think part of that was because there was just too much unknown and we didn't know where things were going to go, or how long these lockdowns were going to last. And so people, you know, held back from providing that support to... Look, I think that, I at least I saw commentary which said, it, so when the government introduced it, I, I understand that payments were backdated from March 2020 and that they ran until September for six months. That's what they guaranteed and they said they'd revisit it. And so then I think they extended it for another six months but at a lesser rate and now it's kind of dependent on state lockdowns and I don't know, maybe your industry or something like that. But I just feel like, and this isn't a government thing. I think everyone kind of felt like 2020 was the pandemic year yeah. and then 21 would roll around and we all go, well, that was a blip <laughs> and continue onwards. And that hasn't been the case, um, which is all fine to do in your own head, I guess. But I think the government took that approach as well and said, we just need to write out these six months, yeah. maybe a little longer, and we'll be good to go. And instead of keeping the, like, instead of accepting that they may need to continue to provide support for an extended period of time, they set themselves a time limit and refuse to budge, which, you know, as mm. all good <laughs> politicians do, they will backtrack on what they say and they will make sure that they don't, paint themselves in particular ways justify. Um, and you know I think this government has its own very specific ideology which you know handing out money to people runs completely counter to that yeah. so they needed to end that <laughs> yeah. they, like, they needed to end that because they couldn't keep saying we're gonna you know provide more social welfare because that's not what this government is about um, whether or not you agree with that that was a clash in ideology um, but I think it was again it, it seems like it seemed cruel to me when there were when there was more that you could have done mm. um, and you didn't and yeah. kind of said, oh, well, we did what we could. I, just putting my feelers out there, would be really interested to hear 
the opinion of somebody who really gets the economy because I'm also very naive mm. about all of that stuff. I don't don't get the economy. Mm. I, I'm just like, okay, money goes in, money goes out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd be really interested if anybody who's listening is a economy enthusiast <laughs> and would like to enlighten us either even an email or coming on for one of our episodes to talk about it. I'd be really interested to um, get that perspective, perspective on, yeah. on how the economy works and what COVID has done to the economy. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess on a very, very surface level, I guess if you extrapolated from the fact that we did well when we implemented those measures, maybe we would have kept doing well. Again, I, I don't know what, how economics works, but... <laughs> You know, we did pretty well given the context of the world mm, yeah. <laughs> falling apart. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Poor boy. But yes, get vaccinated. <laughs> Please. <laughs> no, thanks, Tom. I think that, that was some really insightful um, mm. perspectives there and definitely things to mull over. Yeah. Yeah. I could see. Well, I was just going to get your booster. Oh yeah! Did you hear yeah, it's that? It's been approved. But you can get your Pfizer booster. Um, doesn't matter if you had mm. Astra or uh, Moderna. It yeah, you can still get the Pfizer booster, um, which is kind of cool. And they're also talking about kind of getting like a cocktail of oh. the vaccination. So Woo-hoo. yeah, that having you know Pfizer and Astra and Moderna. So interesting. Yeah, it's actually it can be quite. Well, I guess more research research has come out now to suggest that it's um. Yeah, it provides more protection. Well, I learned that when you get the flu jab, you're actually getting vaccinated against four strains. flu strains. Yeah. I did not know that. Yep. That's cool. I did not yeah. know that. Yeah. And Every so, time a new flu strain comes out, they have to like alter what goes into the flu vaccine to make sure you're actually covered for the new strains that keep yeah. mutating and developing. Yeah. It's yeah. really interesting. I felt really smart just saying no, no. that. <laughs> I don't know if what I said it was true. Well, you are smart, so you should feel that way. Oh, tell shocks. <laughs> well, I think we might start to wrap it up because we've gone for 50 minutes. My bad. No, no, no. That was really <laughs> good. Like, I, but yeah, I feel like I need to sit on some of the things you were saying because we haven't even talked about some of the stuff that you just raised then, which is um funny. Um, but yes, uh, does anyone have anything else, last things that they want to chuck out there and need they feel the need to go see your loved ones yes go give yay get a haircut (laughs) you hippie (laughs) get a wax (laughs) you hippie (laughs) uh thanks so much everyone for listening um you can find us on toma do you want to do our outro uh, sure, I don't know what, what I say. That's okay, we don't know either. We, we muck it up every time, so, you know, you may as well do our outro. Just um, let them know where, where they can find us. I don't know. In oh, the okay. lounge room. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, you can find us on Instagram at hashtag underscore blessed AF. You can find us on Facebook at hashtag blessed AF. Or you're welcome to email, email. us. <laughs> well done, Toma. Email us at um, blessedaf.email at gmail.com. Oh, Tom, all over it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. See you on the flip flop. Bye. Bye. Toodles.